0: They've landed on the beach scott running's new ultra carbon rc these shoes are designed for eating up gravel eating up the runnable trail fast flowing they've got a carbon plate in them they've got a sweet rocker and they are here you should head along to scott running nz to check them out limited supplies while stocks last oh, I the sand
1: too huh? because probably the beaches
0: they land on the beaches in the box, and then they took them ah, up in the sand, right. unpack them, put them on. So if you
1: want to wear them at the beach, you could have got to put the
0: box back on? Probably.
1: Okay. Um, you can head along to Wild Things, the Isles Head-off Trail running institution. I've been saying that for weeks now, because it's true. Uh, you know, you can head along there, check out wildthings.club. they got so much to while away the hours, when the storms are hitting, and know you know, not feeling so wild of course you should but you know if you're not you can head along to wild things and check them out instead rob stock club make yourself a VIP member avail yourself of all the opportunities that rob makes available to do it
0: the nerds at currents have been in touch they were exercised that i called them nerds which ironically ah. is something only an egghead would say but they also pointed out that um A lot of the benefits of currents, I've been like, go to the website, the nerds will tell you what to do. Um, But these dorks have said it's batch tested, so you're not going to get pinged for anything illegal. There's nothing funny in the purple, ding dong, as they would say. 100% natural and really good for the gut in hot conditions. And is used, talking about hot conditions, used by such people as Sam Harvey, Ruth Croft, Dan Jones... Those are three people who have run in hot conditions, Sean Collins, Fiona Hayweiss, and more. So why don't you see what all the fuss is about feel better, feel recovered, with a natural product, currens.co.nz. While you're there, talking about this is the opposite of hot, the conditions we're recording in, I'm sitting in here in a delicious montane jacket that I got from Further Faster. This thing is warm, it is light, it is packable, it looks great, and it feels delicious. So if you want to go check out the best independently owned outdoors store in the known universe 57A Butchern Street, Sydenham, 2 Tahi, Christchurch Go get some, furtherfaster.co.nz like Further faster there in Christchurch, Rocky is hairy and so is Badger, Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious, go further faster now further faster there in Christchurch Rocky is hairy and so is Badger Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious go further faster now Dirt Church Radio. Episode 245 of the Dirt Church Radio trail running podcast. I'm Matt Raymond.
1: I am Eugene Bingham. mai We made it.
0: We indeed made it and perhaps the people at Crazy K's will sneer at us. Uh, winter is, is finally arrived.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is hella windy. We had a, a we um, power cut earlier on, just before we were recording this. So I was a little bit worried. To you know, use a bicycle or something to power the generator to get the get the dirt church goodness going. Something anyway. It is winter. It's howly. Um, it's been cold, a bit of snow down south. A lot of snow down south. Mm. Um, and it was cold down there. Crazy, wasn't it? But it seems like you know. There's just backyard ultra. It's all about the backyard ultra at, at the moment,
0: isn't it? It's all about the Backyard Ultra at the moment. They're popping up like no one's business. Like London and buses. They are like London buses. And speaking of, you know, Backyard Ultras and and, and being everywhere, someone who's also been everywhere, uh, Sam Harvey. You yeah. know, the talk of the town has been Phil Gore and Sam Harvey's extraordinary dig over at Dead Cow Gully race a couple of weeks back. Um, and then old Sam came back from running a world record equaling 101 Laps six hundred and seventy-seven kilometres in the old money, um, and and went and did crazy K's. Wow. We sat. He, he he came to my house. He sat down at the kitchen table and and talked to us, and we sort of uh, tried to discourage him in the most sort of yeah. vehicular fashion possible from from doing that. But he um yeah
1: he only it sort of unfolded, didn't it? Because we we were like I, I told you just before, didn't I, that I heard that he was going to run there. And you were like, what? And then I was like, oh, maybe maybe, I'm a, maybe that's not true. And then we chatted with him going, <laughs> oh, so you're going down to crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I am. But anyway, you will hear it all unfold. But, yeah, like, like you were about to say, kind I of cut you off. He only went and won the bloody thing, didn't he?
0: 43 loops, 288.53 kilometres with Brandon Purdue on forty two loops at two hundred and eighty one point eight two taking out the assist, some truly wintry conditions. And a
1: huge PB for him.
0: Yeah, up, huge, up huge PB for Brandon. Mm. And mm. I i spoke to I spoke to Sam briefly today. He he messaged me. He was like, well mm. I went and did it and I said, uh, you know, poof. You know Course you did. Of course you did. Uh turns out the man can feel tired. But mm-hmm. um as you hear, you know, you'll hear in this interview that's to come, you know, uh, Sam's real honest about his feelings and yeah. and, and and sort of his his uh, his desires, his goals, and 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 what's changed for him. But look, I mean, why don't you tell us about what's going on on that backyard ultra scene?
1: Well, yeah, like you said, Sam smashed out forty three loops. Brandon uh, did forty two with an eight lap, eight loop p v um, Jeremy Pelvin was 37 loops, which was another you know, significant PB for him. Um, Glenn Sutton, the you know the he just keeps going and going, doesn't He he, he uh, managed 34 loops, and, and Shannon Rhodes got 33 loops. So really, you know, a significant step up this year, despite the conditions. Um, there was more than 200 started as well.
0: Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. It seem, it does seem like there's, I mean, it, it's gone from something being very niche to yeah. still being quite niche, but people are curious and people Absolutely. are really, really yeah, backyard into curious. the, yeah, yeah they are And if you are, curious.
1: if you are backyard curious, um, the the 4 mentioned Brandon Purdue has got um, another event coming up, he's teamed up with Jerry Davis from Highland Events, and they're going to do a Backyard Ultra in Arrowtown, which will be stunning. Uh, I imagine, although on your two hundred, on your sorry on your hundred first loop it might not be, but um, yeah, the Ararat Backyard Ultra, uh, it's locked in for Saturday the eleventh of November. So um, we'll put the link in the show notes. But yeah, another another offering. Um, wow, are you are yeah. you tempted by
0: them? No, I'm mm. really not, and and that's not to um, that's not to. Uh, take away from anyone else's enjoyment oh, or, or the mastery yeah. of them but i i have yet to I've, I've yet to be to ever see it and go yeah that looks like a bit of me
1: mm. um yeah i'm a bit the same i'm you know i'm all about them i love i'm intrigued by them i'm yeah. smashing refresh at the top of every hour but um i just don't i don't i don't know something about them makes me quite
0: scared in the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some right? hard, some hard body nose going on. But look, Indeed. Indeed. there were there were people doing wonderful things all over the place uh, on the weekend. You know, uh, Scott Bowden's hundred miles in twenty four hours. So Scott Bowden, local lad, local legend, um, only went and got you know sixth place by like thirty seconds at uh, the Tadawood hundred mile. Got an elite entry to UTMB, and he's off. his fundraising to to. Uh, get along so he decided that he would run all 24 of the wild things trails in the Auckland region in 24 hours which turned out to be like 170 plus kilometers and five hours of driving and uh, And and got it all knocked off with a, yeah. with a super support crew that included yeah. Tom Hunt. Yeah, and uh, Andrew McDowell and Murray, yeah. Murray so, on the wheel yeah, man
1: I, I did see some unkind comments about Murray's driving which I'm sure not true not true at all <laughs> um but yeah it looked an amazing amazing mission um and they ended up in in your backyard and riverhead in some quite gnarly conditions they had the poles out i was pleased to see that because gonna need to use the poles at the old UTMB, isn't it
0: that's right that's right as as
1: ruth croft has found out and to learn about poles yeah and being so pole negative all her life
0: she was anti-pole that one but look we we must crack on so as we mentioned at the top yeah sam harvey the winner of all of the backyard ultras in new zealand except that one time which we won't talk about um heading off the bigs backyard got the assist with 101 kilometers at dead cow gully and you know this is a great conversation but look first we better get to this Right. Greatest
1: run together.
0: Greatest run ever. It's that part of the show, Greatest Run Ever, where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. It doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit, might just be a run around the block, something that's sung to you for some reason. Send them into us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. And this is from Chantal Robinson. It's been just over a week since my longest trail running event, the 21 kilometre at Ultra Ultramarathon. I followed the plan for the most part. I trained and I had an amazing, challenging and fun time. And I thought it might turn out to be my greatest run ever, but it wasn't. In November 2021, I attended the eight-day discovery course at Outward Bound. One of the prerequisites of an Outward Bound course is being able to run... 3 kilometres in under 24 minutes. I'd never been much of a runner, so I begrudgingly started running 3 kilometres once a week to prepare. And she says here, yeah, not a centimetre more. <laughs> Fast forward to my first 3K run at Outward Bound, I set a personal best of 18.05, my first sub-20 minute run. I was a bit shocked, but pretty stoked. The night before our final day, we found out that we'd be running 8 k in the morning before we all headed home. Yeah, sure, why not? I never even attempted that kind of distance. So as we set off, I sat in behind a watchmate and just tried to keep plodding along. We parted ways with about a third of the way to go. And as I got closer to the finish line, I decided to dig deep and sprint to the finish to the dismay of the watchmates that had come out to to run me in. This was my greatest run ever. That eight kilometers just flowed and completely changed my attitude towards running. So much of that, when I got home, I went for a run in the rain wow
1: there you go yeah it's not often that you actually you can identify the moment that you fell in love with running but there we go
0: yeah wow.
1: thanks Chantel. that's so cool um the rest of you be like Chantel, get inspired write something up send it into to us it was reasonably short and sweet there it doesn't have to be long um right. send them into us to churchradio at gmail.com right on with our chat with Sam Harvey, who arrived at the Chateau du Remont. Uh, rugby joined us for a little bit.
0: He did. He did. He was he, but banished to the bedroom, and uh, yeah, yeah. Just, but he, want, he had
1: some questions about, as you pointed out, his homeland. Um, <laughs> so you'll hear a little bit of rugby, but that's okay. He's on the show every week. We, we're rugby friendly, uh, and Sam, this is a great conversation. It's a bit of an emotional conversation, perhaps unexpectedly, and you will enjoy it. And if you are remotely interested in backyard ultras or human beings, you'll find this fascinating.
0: Ditchitch Radio.
1: We better do this. Yeah. So you can get get your protein. Get
0: my protein. This is probably the first uh, live in-person podcast we've done domestically for quite a while. For
1: quite quite a while, but we did do... Another returnee from a massive
0: So the last time we sat at this kitchen table, we spoke to Katie Wright, who had been to Big's Backyard, and now we're joined by Sam Harvey, fresh from Dead Cow Gully. Sam, how are you, man? I wouldn't say fresh, but uh, (laughs) I'm from Dead Cow Gully, yes. I mean, a scale of, I mean, you look great. Scale of 1 to 10 in terms of, like, overall just feeling a bit, dusty where are you i i'm actually feeling pretty good
2: yet at the same time like i'm tired to my absolute core
0: yeah right
2: like i'm 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 worn out but at the same time i'm like i'm ready to go
0: yeah yeah sure um i mean i guess let's let's jump in did cow gully it was two weeks ago
2: uh no yes. we were finishing up a week ago today so yeah. yeah i mean like come come saturday we would have started two weeks ago but um yeah <laughs> like like a week ago we were finishing up
0: wow so you ran 101 laps point mm-hmm. seven 6.7666 however many kilometers per lap um i mean you're going over the masters you are Obviously, anyone who knows you or has heard of you knows that you've pretty much done everything there is to do in Aotearoa in that scene to mm-hmm. this point, uh, including um, the last Riverhead relapse where Laz was, mm-hmm. and then you head over and, and you've got your sights set on bigger things. Any doubt going in? Um,
2: like, if I could gauge – Confidence versus doubt, it would have been 95% confidence with about 5% worth of doubt just due to the fact that competition in New Zealand at max has only ever gone 46 loops, 46 hours. So, yeah, I was kind of going into unknown territory as far as like throwing another night in and then throwing another night in on top of that. Mm. However, like I'm very confident in all my systems and processes I'm very confident in the amount of miles that I've put into my legs, so like I've got a good structure underneath me that's not going to fail me, most likely. Uh, so yeah, there was just that 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 little unknown factor, but apart from that, I was I was I was g'd up, I was ready to go. How does that
1: that five percent manifest itself for you versus the ninety five percent? I mean, you know, you you seem a really confident guy. So I expected that answer to be not a wanna. So how does that manifest itself for you? Like, is it just something niggling in the back of your head or?
2: I wouldn't even say it's niggling in the back of my head. Like it's, it's there. Like there's a possibility, anything like there's a, there's a possibility that you could collapse from a heart attack out there on course. Like there's, there's always the, the Mm. what if I generally don't tend to focus on the what if. So yeah, like I guess I'm hundies. But not an idiot, like I'm mindful of potential mm. circumstances that are out of your control.
1: Mm. I was interested too and and you mentioned the you know forty six loops was as far as you'd been able to go mm-hmm. uh forty six laps, and yet you were you know staring at more than double that. How do you work through that in terms of okay? you know i'm going to need to i'm going to need to do that i'm going way into the unknown here in a way Or do you just you know do you even see it as the unknown Or did you even see it as the unknown
2: no i mean i the way i figure it is i have built a set of systems and processes and yeah i basically just do them lap after lap after lap and yeah you really just extrapolate like it's no, nothing changes mm. you you're still sore you've still got to eat you've still got to drink you've still got to do a 6.7 kilometer loop every hour maybe you get a bit more tired maybe you get a bit bored it's just rinse and repeat really when mm-hmm. it comes down to it and then and then a matter of how how much you want it and that's that's really what it comes down to who, who, whoever is going to hit that 101 plus hour mark really needs to mm-hmm. to want that
1: mm-hmm. We're getting some questions from Rigby, which yeah. I think is quite appropriate for Did You
0: Radio. I might strangle him. No, yeah. no, no, no. He's, he's good. <laughs> he's good. Tell us about, I mean, he's Australian. He wants to know about, um, tell us about the course and Dead Cow Gully itself. It seemed pretty idyllic for a backyard ultra. I mean, you're normally sort of slogging around in the shitty clay of Riverhead or <laughs> freezing in the South Island. What was it like?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um I loved the course. I thought it was quite beautiful. Uh yeah, dusty, dusty, dry outback type scenario, very rich colors like oranges and browns and dry but then beautiful like bluebird sky. Uh really nice sunrises and sunsets, like the colors and the and mm. in the and in the, mm. in the, in the landscape were amazing. Uh, didn't really like the night loop I I thought out and backs on the bitumen were a bit shit but at the same time it's a good uh replicate of of bigs so for us uh heavy hitters who maybe want to have a bit of a practice on 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 something similar to the bigs course Mm. it was it was probably good from that aspect so I wouldn't say it was my favourite course. I think my favourite course thus far has been uh, the New Zealand Satellite Championship, which we held in Puanui last year. That was phenomenal. It was nice, nice rolling sheep country with all kind of chewed back grass. So it was nice and nice and springy underfoot. I I love that course. Uh, but yeah, pro- probably second would be Dead Cow. Mm. Yeah,
1: right. How was the? Uh- I mean we were following you know mostly Adam's um Adam Keane's uh socials. Um the arrangement with the house where eventually you guys were able to go into rooms and even lie in a bed. I mean, how luxurious is that?
2: Yeah, that was pretty sick. I I don't think I got moved into the house until like the fourth night or something. It was it was very late in the piece. I'd just been like out in the out in the slash campsite with everybody else definitely added to to the experience especially like i don't know uh the the last day slash the last night or whatever of the race and then afterwards because essentially like there was me and harvey and phil and our crew and then kind of all of the like the people in the inner circle or the upper echelon operating out of the house so by then it was like a big family affair and Mm. It was pretty cool especially like after the race because we were just like yeah chilling uh it added a a very wholesome uh factor to the race which i've never had in any other race so mm. yeah i i very very much like the house the ways with which the house was operated maybe that could have been done a little bit differently as far as like we had a lot of people camping and freezing their asses off for the last for the first couple of nights and then we had people who were in the house in the warm and I mean by the time I was moved into the house it was so hot in there from the fire that I was like screaming for them to open the windows because I was like I was cooking as as Mm. soon as as soon as I walked in there like it was it was uncomfortable just because I'd been so used to Mm. I don't know being at the campsite in front of the campfire um so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe in future everybody starts on the campsite and maybe once you get to that kind of that upper tier, maybe yeah. there's half a dozen or however many people, that's when everybody moves into the house as a mm. group and then you don't really have like a hierarchy a, sort of Yeah, an, yeah. an inconsistency in, mm. in the uh I guess the exposure to the elements that the that the runners right. are, are getting.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was the what was the dynamic inside the house? I mean, you know, as it got down and down, um, are you even aware of what's going on? Are you even aware of what you, you know, your competitors are up to? Nah, not really. Nah, eh?
2: nah. Like you're, you're in your zone. You basically yeah. uh, come into the house and go into each of us had our own allocated room, and I'd basically collapse on my bed, and maybe if I'd done a faster lap and I was sweating I'd I'd rip all my gears off uh so I could be dry and then and then throw 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 dry clothes on as as I was going back out on the next loop yeah but honestly like didn't really interact with anyone else in the house like you're there to do a job and whether you've got five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes you you get in you get fed you get hydrated you do whatever you've got to do with your with your clothes and such and honestly trying to do that as fast as you can just so you can turn the lights off, close your eyes and get whether it's 60 seconds of sleep or, or 10 minutes of sleep, you, you're just trying to prioritize that once you're that late in the race and you're in that much sleep debt. Mm.
0: Mm. What was the longest amount of time you had sleeping consecutively?
2: Uh, probably 15 minutes. Yeah, right. And yeah, I'm not going to make any secret about it. I mean, there's probably a few other big backyard runners studying this. It'd uh, be stupid not to. And yeah, that 15 minutes was like poof, chalk and cheese compared to to a five or a 10 minute sleep. Yeah. Like I was I was sleep deprived and I was needing sleep. And I got that 15 minutes and I woke up and like, Boom! I had depth perception. I had clarity of vision. Wow. I was awake, and I was like, "Holy moly!" Like pff, that made a difference. Yeah. I am good to go, yeah. and uh, and I've felt that in the past uh, in races where I haven't haven't slept sixty yeah. seconds of of sleep, just like pass out on the ground, wake back up again, and good to go. That's been rocket fuel. But yeah, fifteen minutes yeah 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 that and was
1: th- that had you strategized that? Was it like, okay, I'm gonna put the foot down so I can get fifteen minutes? yeah would it was, or did you just work out that way?
2: no, I was uh I was flagging maybe yeah i like I could feel that I was sleep deprived and I was just like, you know what, let's see what a little bit of longer possibly REM sleep does to my brain,
0: and yeah, it definitely
2: mm. helped me out a lot wow,
1: difference
0: you talked about the cold i mean it got down to like two degrees overnight hey
2: uh someone said it was negative four at one oh, point okay. well that's
0: that's worse than two degrees but it does i mean it's, it's it's hot it's cloudless it gets cold at night when did you really start to feel the effects of that cold um
2: probably not until the last night uh i feel like maybe Maybe that what was a factor in what did away with Harvey. I think he got cold. He he quite often wasn't wearing too many clothes, in my opinion. And yeah, I mean, like we ran through the winter solstice, so like we ran mm. through the longest, loneliest, darkest, suckiest night of the year. Yeah, right. Mm. and
0: right. yeah. gotta stop saying you're right. Sorry.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, that 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 last night, I was I was getting kind of chilly like we Mm. still like manage manage temperature well as far as like putting thermal layers on putting windproof layers on but yeah like you certainly know it's cold and dark and sucky out there
1: yeah yeah you mentioned um harvey i mean it was the the harvey harvey bromance that seemed there tell us about that
2: yeah bro it's the harvey show um i don't know match made in heaven yeah that nobody Nobody knew they needed.
1: Had you connected with him on socials or anything beforehand? Did you, I mean, obviously you knew of him, but how, you know, did you, did you, had you spoken to him beforehand or anything? Or,
2: oh, I reached out to him like six months ago when I found out that he was going to be passing through New Zealand uh, en route to Dead Cow. Yeah. I basically said, Hey, bro, like, if you want a tour guide, if you want someone to go for a few runs with while you're in town, I can show you about and kind of left it at that forgot about it all of a sudden he was actually in new zealand and yeah it didn't work out that we linked up so that was all cool he actually ran into my family like i think it was at the at the brisbane airport or something Mm -hmm. as they were like uh doing going through passport control and yeah, like they they clicked pretty quick. They were yeah. like taking photos and stuff together. And then the security came along, said you can't take photos <laughs> in here, and like literally made Harvey delete the photos off his phone. Oh wow, yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, not not much more until um until we caught up at Dead Cow. He actually put the suggestion for that that it's possible we might even be cousins because his first name Harvey uh is actually i believe it's his grandmother's maiden name right but uh, uh no there's there's thousands of us so yeah <laughs> we are like cockroaches we're probably probably not related and if if we are it's very diff- distant but um yeah we just we linked up out there on course and um i don't know you know when you just vibe vibe yeah. with someone is that little bit of crazy and uh yeah we uh, we we kept each other g'd up especially in the last kind of couple of days of the race when there weren't many people out there it was it was very much the harvey show and it was Mm. us screaming and hollering like a couple of schoolboys out in the woods uh yeah basically like keeping each other's moods uh on on point and uh, and was it something you
1: discussed or did it would just work out that way was it like hey let's work together and keep each other's spirits up or was it just that's how you were
2: yeah it was just i don't know we we we, we just vibed and then all of a sudden things got loosed and loose and then all of a sudden we're just shouting at the trees together.
1: Yeah, nice.
0: Have you ever had that connection before with anyone?
2: Uh, I definitely try and foster relationships out there on the course because like apes together strong. That's know? not what I
0: asked. I asked, <laughs> have you ever had like your process? You talked about connection. I've seen you at races. I've seen you connect with people. I've seen you engage with people. And you do engage with people, obviously. You're a human, but you're capable of it. You had a connection. Have you ever had a connection like that with anyone in that race? It seems like what you two were doing and how long you went, it seemed synergistic.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. No, great, great point. And no. I've I've never I've never had the the that spark, that electricity that that me and Harvey had out there on course it was it was pretty wild and special
0: did that Mm. change things for you because i mean you know sam you're you're a man on a mission right you're very open with that you manifest that you speak openly of 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 the things that you want to do uh the greatness with which you, you and you your words what you want to achieve did engaging with harvey in that moment over those days did that change anything for you? Did that change your way of thinking? Like if he goes to, or if, you know, Phil or up plans to go to 141 laps, right? Whatever. Did that change the, did it shift your mindset any? I'm not talking about doubts. I'm not talking about anything, but like that shift of the mindset, like we're in this for the long haul. Yeah, big
2: time. I mean, I, I, I think my mindset shifted a long time earlier maybe even prior to the race I'm not sure as far as like I wanted the best for everyone right I wanted the best for everyone and yeah like I wanted I wanted as many people to get as far as they physically could and for me to help them and yeah building that bond with Harvey I was like like let's let's break that record together brother
1: yeah yeah yeah, it's pretty special.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. even even he said like early on in the race, or when there was like somewhere between like the three of us versus, or maybe the seven of us left. He said like, "I want to break this record with you, bro. Like, like it's me and you at the end. Let, let's get this."
1: Mm-hmm. So then, how? What was the impact when he got the wobbles?
2: Yeah, it's it pretty sucky to be honest. I, I've I've been dwelling on it far too much like often and every day yeah uh, i think about that because yeah what could i have done to have got harvey that little bit further like had i got harvey to sunrise Mm. would would the outcome of the race been different
0: right
1: Mm. yeah uh what happened talk us through
2: uh, we'd gone into the dark. Me and Harvey were running together. We had a pretty, pretty nice system of like run, walk, uh, basically to like save our bodies, yep. but allow us to rest, get, get get through the loops in a good time.
1: And it looked like Phil was doing his own thing. Is that accurate?
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean, he yep. was doing his own thing from from the get go. From the get go. Yep. Uh, so so yep. me and me and Harvey paired up to look after each other and. <clears throat> Yeah, I I guess it must have been sometime in the early hours of, of Thursday morning, somewhere after midnight, like Harvey was just like starting to slow and like slow down a bit and slow down a bit. And then he was like like missing like like we had all these different checkpoints and and you tick them off in your head and if you were like X many seconds behind you'd you'd have to speed up, you'd have to run the section that you would normally walk and 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 all that. And yeah, he was just he was starting to miss the miss the checkpoints and then I'd have to like give him a tickle up and be like, hey, we we need to run we need to run now. Like we're we're behind. Mm-hmm. And so we'd we'd do a bit of running and then and then we had a system of like run seven minutes, walk three minutes, run three minutes walk two minutes and it was quite nice and it worked and then and then he started doing maths and he's like let's do a seven minute and a five minute and a nine minute and then 30 seconds later he'd be like let's do a 12 minute and a six minute and a two minute and I was like what man like get your story straight (laughs) and I didn't realize that yeah like maybe he was starting to to fall off the wagon and I could see that that was starting to slow me down and then impede me because I was starting to get less less sleep on the brakes. and I was like, "Sorry, bro. Like, like we're a team, but I, I need to like charge on and get a bit more rest." So I started uh, jogging, jogging laps, and, and getting in with with more and more time up my sleeve, getting getting more rests. And I think in that period of time, like he was starting to walk more get less rest and yeah by the was it the 91st or the 92nd Mm. hour or something he he was timing out i basically like i went the 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 night loop was basically a t and you and you would walk you would run out and you go out to one point of the t and then you'd double back and you go to the other end of the t and then you'd double back and then you go back to the base of the t and basically unless you were Fear flying. There was there was no point where you'd get to the to the second. There was there was no point where you'd get to the second turnaround and not pass someone who was out also following you. And basically, I I went to the first turnaround and Harvey was like barely out onto the road and he's like, I was like, come on, bro, you got this. Like like keep it up, let's go, let's go, let's go. And he's like, I don't think I'm going to make it on this one, man. And I was like, shit. Uh, I was like, I I can't do anything at this point. Mm. I can't carry you. I can't. I just shouted at him. I was like, don't you quit. Like, get there, brother. Mm -mm. Like, give it your all. And so I carry on and I do the other out and back and I should see his light. And I think I might have seen his light, but like, I should have passed him at that point. Like he should have been out. And um, I either didn't see him or he was way in the distance. So I run back up to the farmhouse, cross the line, finish my loop. And I just, like, as soon, I'm not even across the line. I'm like, is Harvey back yet? And they say no. And I was like, well, get in the car and go and grab him now because he's timing out. Because, like, if he's out there in the cold, mm. dawdling around, like, he's going to get himself in trouble. So, like, my first thought was, like, go, go save Harvey. Mm. And so that's what they went and did. And it's like, okay. Then it was just, just me and Phil from then on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did that take some processing for you given that or did you just immediately switch into, okay, it's it's me now? You know, given that it had been you and him,
2: suddenly it's just you. Yeah. Uh it's quite emotional for me actually. Yeah. Um <laughs> Sorry. No, it's that's
1: natural yeah yeah it's you know it's understandable you know you guys had worked together um, it, totally understandable
2: yeah no I just felt like I'd been selfish like I hadn't like I hadn't looked after him enough
0: mm. It's okay. It's a very reasonable, and it sounds a touch queer to say, but it's appropriate in the circumstances. Survivor guilt is what it is. Mm. So like you, you, and that's what I talked about before. That connection. You know, I've seen the look on your face when it's dropped to two in other races, and you're like, "Cat, a wolf in the hen house." Um, there's that sense of of your man's gone. And it's you know, I'd suggest you probably need a couple more nights of good sleep and <laughs> your emotions <laughs> will regulate. Yeah. They will. Yeah. yeah. Uh <laughs> however, yeah, completely I mean I mean what then though? You you get to your work. You gotta do it. You gotta do you it. You've got a you job are, to do. You and Phil.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was shed down after that. I did reach out to to Phil's outfit. I was basically like, well, I see us having like a few hours ahead of sucky darkness. I was like, can Phil please run, run next to me? Cause yeah, like I was, I was hating life cause I'd lost my boy. Yeah. And like those last few hours before the sun comes up, they are the darkest. They are, they are the hardest on the soul. I was like, just, Just come chill with me man like i know you're doing your hot loops but like just yeah let's let's ride out the darkness together and then get to get to the sunrise and once you hit that diurnal rhythm like once once your body takes in that sunlight like Mm. game changer Mm -hmm. supercharge yeah Mm. so it's basically like chill with me for a couple hours then we'll get into the sunlight yeah and and then you can go and do your own thing again yeah. And that's and that's what we did.
1: Yeah. Because he knows if you're not there, it's game over. So straight up. There's yeah. like, there's value in it for him.
2: Like both of us were there to break the world record and it's like there is an added factor now. Yeah. It's like I don't want to roll the dice and muck this up for either of us. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause there's been like, okay, cool, you get you know, you've done forty six laps. That's sick. Mm-hmm. You do sixty laps, we're like that's rad. You get to eighty-six laps. We're like, oh, okay, cool. 86 laps. You're at 90 something laps. We're like just hang in there. Don't snap, <laughs> you do you know what I mean? If, up if you hard. if if you I don't know, if both your Achilles tendons had snapped off at 95 at 85 laps, everyone would be like, that was amazing. You did well. You know, you've done yourself proud. 50 laps over what you've you know in those nineties it must have been eggshells. Yeah, a little bit. Um It was like the ninety-five
2: or the ninety-six onwards after I collapsed that it then became like Ooh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Have I stuffed this up? Real. Yeah. When were yeah. you were you aware that they were like thinking about they wanted to yank you?
2: Uh yeah, they told they told me that at the ninety whichever it was like the end of the 95th lap, like, yeah. i think it was where i collapsed out on course and then like came into the farmhouse just like gasping for air and and they're like yeah we don't want you to continue and i was like, nah, he's like <laughs> yeah. i am here to get a job done yeah i think i had like a few good people in my corner like adam and Mum and stuff basically like pleading my case yeah they're like oh he's in shit nick and yeah they're all like, well, you would be too if you'd run for nearly 700 kilometers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everyone was. So you, you actually collapsed. Yeah. Do you remember what happened?
2: I was just, <clears throat> I'd gone into the race with a cold. Yeah. The cold had progressed over the Saturday Saturday night into, I guess, some level of chest infection. Like I was, I was coughing and snorting up chunks of green the size Ooh. of your knuckle and yeah. like not a few of them like a lot of them yeah like there was a lot of gunk coming up and then I thought I'd cleared that come Sunday because like Sunday during the day it was fine yeah but then from like Sunday night onwards it was just like perpetual it was like chunks Ugh. of blood chunks yeah. of green shit yeah. and I think all of that coughing and like snot rocketing just burnt out my lungs and my airways. Yeah, yeah. and yeah I mean you're doing a lot of breathing in these things you're putting a lot of stress on your lungs and i think i just maybe had some level of inflammation in my lungs uh but yeah i was just kind of i was struggling for air a little bit i was maybe a little bit panicky when i came into the farmhouse they like threw a stethoscope on and the the doctor said he could hear right side pneumonia so like i was
0: yeah you would have had a consolidation in your lung i mean it's clear that You know, your body's doing the work. It's a whole body insult being up that long, being exerting. exerting Exactly,
2: exactly. I mean, even if I wasn't exposed to the elements that long, just absolutely kind of smacking my body, Mm. like it's going to have an effect on the immune system. Yeah, I mean,
1: I had a cold a couple of weeks ago. I went through, you know, went through it without having to run the entire time. You know, like your body (laughs) is going through stuff when it's processing a cold. yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but you were doing that while being out in the elements and having to run at a certain pace to make it back in time to get going. So, yeah, hard. I mean, your body is, yeah, it's under assault.
0: And I guess it's that thing, isn't it? We always talk about this as being, oh, you know, it's this too. It's the, I guess the end of the day, this isn't ancient Rome. You're not literally a gladiator. This isn't literally life and death, and it must feel like that at times, especially if you get to that cusp where you're like, I'm going to get the world record or I'm going to, equal the world record we're going to get there um, there must have I'd, I'd hate to have thought of the you know the race organisers they must have been really what what sealed it what what kept them because I mean you collapse and die out there that's or you you know you have a respiratory arrest or whatever you know it's, it's shit gets real very quickly what kept what let them sort of keep you going I mean I think my argument
2: at the end of the day was like I know my body yeah like yeah i'm a bit stuffed but like i know if something's really awry and i'm gonna say if something's really awry yeah like at that point i was just a bit stuffed
1: yeah yeah and they put a vehicle behind you or something didn't they?
2: yeah so i think the argument was like let the guy get there let the guy at least support the world record yeah uh, i really wanted to do the 100 to myself and then he could have done the hundred and third, but uh, they said no. It was like match the world record, allow him to do the hundred and two, and then you're done.
0: So I guess I. Ah. So you were faced with that. You knew at the end, you knew once you get that work, you, you that was taken out of your hands per se. Yeah,
2: I gave mum slash them my word that I wasn't going to continue on ah, after right. the hundred and first. When was that? Like in the in the late nineties. Wow.
0: How does that feel? Um,
2: in the moment, I guess reasonable. Now,
0: does, that, does it sting <laughs> now?
2: Oh, it's eating me alive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I got to this point, I got to where I am by not being reasonable. Like I'm not a reasonable person, and I listened to a voice of reason, mm. and it's like i was still I was still slapping like fifty minute laps mm. like I still had like a ten minute sit down. I yeah. was stuffed, yeah, had my legs fallen off no yeah was my heart rate variation at some ungodly rate to to suggest something dire no mm. so yeah. Could I have continued? Yes. For a lot longer? Yes. Would it have sucked? Absolutely it would have sucked. Mm. But that is central in this kind of racing. Yeah. Like nobody's having fun out there after 100 hours. Uh-huh. You're you're transcending your uh, mortal self. Yeah. That's, that's not supposed I, to be comfortable.
1: Well before 100 hours that, yeah. that it's not fun anymore.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it's fun. When uh, it's we, it's well, totally fun or, yeah. yeah, when, when, yeah. You, when you're running through the woods shouting and cussing with sure. Harvey Lewis, then it's pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But your body is under intense scrutiny for a lot longer than, you know, yeah, a few hours. Yeah, you've it? got blisters on your blisters on your blisters. Yeah. Your joints hurt. Yeah. Your muscles hurt. Yeah. You're tired as heck. Yeah. You're exhausted. I actually came in... uh It was once or twice on the final night, and I just sat there with this, like, thousand-yard stare into the wall, and I was just like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I think Adam Keane pipes up in the corner. He's like, no shit, Sherlock. This is the (laughs) hardest thing anyone's ever done in their life. Yeah.
1: And then good old cupful Strava. This is harder than your usual run. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> this is unproductive.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah how did that feel. Unproductive. God how dare
2: you. I, I went for a run with uh it, it was either the Beer Jerk Run Club I did on Monday night or it was like my my sauna session yesterday, and I like save it on my watch and it says strained. It's like <laughs> you reckon mate. Yes, mate? <laughs>
0: <laughs> How was the immediate aftermath? You know, we've seen the finishing video, you know, that, which was lovely. You get down into the, you know, like you're going to go off the blocks and you call it. Was it a wave of, Was it a wave of discomfort? Did it get far worse or did it get better for a while? I just taught me to sort of physiologically because you've Okay, you're
2: you're saying physiologically, not, not emotionally?
0: Well, emotionally we can touch on, but I, I'm keen to know like the physiological stuff. Like, you stop.
2: Mm, so I stop, get down on like I'm on racing yeah. blocks and look up at Phil, and I think that kind of terrified him. Like he's like, oh, yeah. "What is this madman up to?" <laughs> yeah, uh, and then I turn around once we've started that one zero two lots of hugs and crying and laughing and like it was a lot of successes. So I need to be kind on myself and not take away from that because yeah there was a hell of a lot of successes both for me, my team, for for Team New Zealand. Uh but yeah, eventually I just sit down and then everybody's flooding me with like hugs and kisses and I'm getting them from from everywhere and lots of handshakes and uh yeah that. And yeah, I guess I guess I must have sat for, for the loop until Phil came around. So I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm sitting there with with Harvey and with Ron, and we're just chatting like a bunch of old boys. And then Phil comes around, so I, I get up to to congratulate him over the line, and then I think there was some form of prize giving in which. Time like, we dragged me off to the to somewhere to sit. Slash, I think we might have maneuvered me towards the house. I uh, couldn't bear weight on my feet at that point. Like my feet were toast. I think we de-shoed, de-socked. My feet are mincemeat. Like blisters for Africa. Yeah, I
0: saw the photos. Yeah. Good, huh? Yeah.
2: Chunky, mm-hmm. tasty, swollen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very swollen. I now? Yeah, good man. I mean, like a callus, like ugly calluses. Uh, I can't feel the second from outside toe on both feet because they are like encompassed in a callus. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no feet, feet. are good. I can I can bear weight on them. As I say, I've been for one run thus far. I'm just trying to let them chill. Uh, but yeah, so couldn't couldn't really bear weight. Um, I kind of like put my arms over mum and dad's shoulders and they dragged me about a bit and I think they got me into the house I just kind of sat me down and allowed me to vegetate for a while because I was gone skis Mm.
1: I hadn't realised that you'd um, come to that arrangement a couple of laps earlier Um, was there a part of the Sam that doesn't listen to the reasonable voice that got to 101 and just went you know what I'm going to carry
2: on, you know, like, or was it you were done? I'd had, I'd had unreasonable Sam talked out of me. Right. Over the course of several loops, which is interesting. Yeah. I guess the, I guess the brain comes, becomes malleable after uh, four and a bit days on foot.
0: Yeah. yeah well if that we found what it takes to, for, re- <laughs> for reasonable sam to show up um but that's the thing i guess it's that i mean yeah and i'm not going to equate it but i mean you think about that little sleep that amount of stress that amount of physiological stress that amount of psychological stress that amount like yeah you'd probably have agreed to anything at some point mm. you know during that journey has Laz been in touch not with me personally.
2: I think mum and Sandra have been in touch slash, I don't know, the par- the parties above me have been in touch. But yeah. No, I've just been kind of.
0: Big backyard, backyard. Big, big backyard. Mm. You Bigs it. backyard. No, big, big backyard, like big farmer, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. You following me there? Jim? No, I'm probably so, like, still a little bit slow after farming, the race. Right. Yeah, yeah, big farmer. Yeah, you've got big. Big backyard.
1: Big, big backyard. Yeah, the powers that be. Powers that be. Yeah. Yeah. The backyard industrial complex, all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
2: Tell us. Planning is losing, Matt. Tell
0: (laughs) tell us you're not running crazy Ks this weekend.
2: I'm not running crazy Ks this weekend.
0: Do you mean that or are you actually going to do it?
2: Does a Pope shit in the woods?
0: (laughs) Damn.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So. You've got a recovery plan that
0: includes <laughs> a backyard ultra. Backyard. Let's go, man. <laughs> Will you be able to the fact that you know you're obviously going to Biggs in October you know you and Phil and Harvey. And those salty Belgians, and God knows who else, um, you know, you've gone from being someone who's, you know, in Aotearoa, Now you are on the world stage. You're obviously working towards the AU. What you, will you be able to if you get down there and you do a couple of laps and you're like, I'm really not feeling this. You, uh, no, no, you're in it to win it, aren't you?
2: Oh, bro, I'm in it to win it. Tear it's head off an absolutely or crazy case. Oh, yeah. crazies. Yeah, Sorry, I thought you were talking about bigs. Um, crazies is a, is a special <coughs> yeah. one. I mean, like, George and Steph are amazing people. I've I've shown them a lot of loyalty ever since I, like, I debuted in an ultra marathon. I did their 50K out at Autumn Bradley Park at, yeah. at Crazy Capers. And since then, I've done their 50, their 100, their 100 mile. I've I've done their backyard ultra. And they reached out to me while I was still in Australia, and they were like, would you like to like come down and do a couple laps if, if we gave you a free entry? And I was like, yeah, like that sounds, that sounds cool. Like I, yeah. like I was, I was planning on flying down there anyway, to just like G people up and yeah. poke fun at stupid people who like to run around in circles. <laughs> um, but then I was like, you know what? Like you're here to expand the human perception of, of what is possible. So why not just win it so yeah that that will come down to race day like if if i get there and my hips and my knees are in a questionable state then i'll probably Mm. just do a couple of laps and then like call it a day and and then support people on their journey Mm. however if if the creaky knees and the creaky hips are happy then i will absolutely be going out there to win it but also I, I've basically just been trying to like give everybody my secret sauce and be like this is how you win a back out ultra this is how you go really deep I just want it all out there so that anyone can smash this sport and then really at the end of the day it's just comes down to how much they want it so yeah. I'm going to turn up there and if somebody wants to make that 60 hours and, and get on the at large list and come to come to bigs in October then I will be there to support them to get them mm. to get them there mm. what is the secret source consistency yeah I mean for crazy K's in particular I, I made this I made this long-winded video uh, yeah basically yeah. saying like you need X amount of carbohydrate per hour you need to be hydrating every hour you can't be missing hours if you mm. do miss an hour do not miss that second hour or that could absolutely be your race and a cold freezing race like crazies is like you'll you'll race and and sub-freezing the entire time. You need to be warm. You need multiple changes of warm clothes. You need changes of thermals and changes and changes and changes of thermals because you could basically be changing changing your your yeah. thermal layer every hour just to stay dry. You're gonna need you're gonna need a windproof layer or multiple windproof layers. Gloves, hand warmers. You're going to need uh, a whole range of food, especially warm food, to to keep you out there because like the cold is absolutely sapping mm. in the crazy K's midwinter backyard ultra. Uh, so yeah, I've basically just given them mm. what they need to do hour mm. by hour. A uh, bit of bit of mentality training as far as like this is going to suck, deal with it. It doesn't last forever. Just get it done. Uh, yeah and And I just don't lie to them like mm. it's it's not going to be enjoyable for a large part of the race, yeah, and you just need to accept that and move forward, yeah, yeah
1: how do you I mean, you came into the sport with a tough mentality right? <laughs> Has that developed? Is it something you work on, your mentality, or does it just come naturally?
2: absolutely uh yeah i guess i came into this with a point to prove yeah like as you guys have identified on the show multiple times previously like i'm a scrappy bastard yeah like i've been in the fight for a long time and as a little bastard exactly (laughs) and as a result i've got a i've got a tough hide and an attitude to say bring it on Mm. now that i've kind of proven I mean business and I can do business I'm, yeah. I'm really just there to continue on the journey of self-transcendence and then to help others who may wish to to, to follow in my footsteps or or at least uh, do
0: something similar because mm-hmm. I guess that's the thing doesn't it it sounds kind of on the one hand you could look at that and go okay that's kind of woo woo you got this man on the one hand who like literally wants to fight David Goggins in Tennessee, you know, like you literally are uh, going hard at David Goggins to race him in Tennessee. And I think like what's next? You punch, you go punch a whale in the face. Like where, where does it stop? You know, you beat him, where does it stop? And then on the other hand, you're saying I want to self-transcend. Do you think which you ran 670 billion kilometers? Is there a is there a pull there, or do you think they sit alongside each other? This kind of quite adversarial, and there's nothing wrong with being adversarial. You're adversarial, you know. You want to f- scrap versus you. You also talk about you want to transcend. Mm. Do they? Is there a, is there a rub there? No valid valid point, and and I, it's not a confrontation. It's
2: but is there a rub there? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm human. You're human. Eugene's human. I'm not perfect. Okay. I don't pretend to be and every day is a work on like every day every race every month every year is a work on and I'm slowly attempting to become a better human
0: I'm not suggesting that you're not a good human and I'm not suggesting that wanting to be competitive is a bad thing Mm. do you know and I I don't like that state I it's that balance isn't it the Mm. the thing of like there has to be winners and there has to be people who lose and there has to be people who come down the field it's interesting to hear you talk about it you know that, that, that those two things can actually exist yeah. in tandem
2: it's actually it's actually very valid that you say that because there are different kinds of people out there in the competition there are there are the spiritual mm. and there are the mechanical and the mechanical are the people that I want to go head to head with and bang and tear off heads and drink souls and the spiritual are the ones where i want to seek enlightenment with and yeah i'm kind of i'm doing that at the same time like with harvey it was a very spiritual experience whereas with phil it was more a mechanical oh, winning Two murder
0: robots trying to out murder each other yeah
2: correct yeah. absolutely and that was that was that was going on at the same time mm. in the same race yeah in the same sam
0: yeah yeah it's yeah. a dialectic bro that's what that's everything at the same time
1: absolutely yeah <laughs>
0: what was the
1: what was the relationship was there a relationship with phil no. Yeah. Uh, he was just, out there to get a job done.
2: Yeah. He and, he he exists on his own plane of being, and I yeah. exist on a very different one. Yeah.
1: And is that? Could you? Like. Could you see that? Could you,
2: um, or how was that for you from the outset? Yeah. Yeah, like chalk and cheese. Yeah. Uh yeah, I guess your reputation precedes you in this sure. in this world.
1: Yeah, and his talk, you know.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh he he does his own thing, he has his lists and his boxes and his yeah. systems and his processes and and I ride the wave.
1: Yeah. 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 So was it How was it that it was him who won?
0: Um
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of grit there. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. One of those calluses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you get you're gonna go head to head at Biggs, presumably, I'm gonna assume he's gonna go. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. I'm so frothing for Biggs, brother. <laughs> like pff, yeah. It's gonna be
0: wild. Yeah. All right, I got a yeah. question for you. I mean, you can take one crew member to Biggs. Right? And Lazar is implacable on that one. I heard you trying to negotiate at <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> dinner that time the whole night. He didn't chip. Um I mean your parents. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Incredible effort from them. Uh, who do Chinese
2: you take- takeaway run? Chinese here.
0: takeaway run.
2: Oh Chinese takeaway. Damn, that hits during a race.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who, do you, who do you take with you? Who are you gonna take? Uh so like it's still a family affair.
2: Um, I mean like as you guys probably know, like Tennessee is my second home. It's where I've like built a life for myself in Nashville. Uh, Bellbuckle where Laz lives is only like an hour down the road. So it's like, it's it's home territory for me. Mm-hmm. And I want everybody to be able to experience that with me. Mm-hmm. So likely what we're going to do, is rent out a like a little farmhouse, like a little bit of land. So if anyone's got RVs and stuff, they can come park up. So even if they're not at Biggs, they can still be part of the party because there's going to be a little bit of a lead up and then there's going to be a lot of a lead out. And so, yeah, mum and dad will come with. Mum's a champion as far as crewing for these things. So, yeah, Mm. she's going to be there with me. And then it's just going to be a little bit of uh, building my team. So uh, I made buddies with Ryan Crawford, who was the assistant last year's Australian satellite. He's a phenomenal human being. Like he is a good sort. And I was very sad when he pulled out uh, mm-hmm. prematurely. So yeah, he's going to come to bigs, He's just sorting, sorting his expenses and his sponsors at the moment. But yeah, at uh, if nothing else, like me and him will be sharing a tent. Uh, there's a chance that I may need to supply a crew member for him um, because it is a big ask for, for everybody to to mm. be able to go over and take crew with them and everything. So yeah, there's the potential for that. Um, I'm hoping Harvey doesn't get sucked in to the, uh, to the American outfit, but uh, yeah, if, if I can have him in, in my team, then that's gonna, gonna mm. go a massive way. Uh, yeah, I would love for another Kiwi or two to qualify for Bigs. There's about a six-week qualifying period, and surely someone's hungry enough for it. Surely someone mm. can get a sixty on the board. Mm. Maybe it'll happen this weekend at Crazies. Fingers crossed. Really, uh, mm. it'll be a sucky sixty hours to go sixty hours in, in the sub-zero, but yeah. it's it's not impossible. Yeah. So you
0: yeah. might be someone's Harvey. Very much yeah I mean this is and that's the thing too isn't it the The thing that I thought, and you know seeing you at relapse and sort of calling you over the line, you certainly didn't phone it in, but I was like that was that was easy, yeah, or not easy I'm not obviously you respect the distance, it was two still two hundred or kilometers it was you know still it was, and you know you had broken ribs, of course you did, and <laughs> um you know. But I looked at you and I was like, huh, you know, you're you're in familiar territory there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And then you got to journey with a group of people who had, you know, had had that sort of gone up. What was Harvey's limit? 85.
2: Yeah, had done 85 at the Satellite Champs last year, which yeah. was the American record.
0: There you go. So you're with that person. There you all guide mm-hmm. on that kind of transcendent kind of push, right? Mm-hmm yeah how cool is that though you get to kind of potentially be that for someone else oh that's a gift
2: oh hell yeah that's a gift if you can give that to someone else
1: Uh, uh,
2: very fulfilling very wholesome
1: and it was i mean it must have been gutting that john got so close and not quite i was very sad about john yeah
2: pulling out when he did yeah because i didn't realize he was in the hurt locker and he basically he he fronted up to the 50 something lap that he got onto and then mm. he's like yeah this is me done guys see you later and i thought shit and and i kind of accepted that yeah and i was kicking myself for the rest of that lap and basically un- until the end of the race i was like why didn't you give john the pep talk and like i had a pep talk prepped like that that I believe would kind of touch the soul and yeah, kind of get yeah. you fired up, uh, but yeah, no. I was talking to Adam and my family and the rest of the camp, and they were like, no, "John was, John was gone ten hours before John right. pulled out." Yeah, so he isn't. He like, he's a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He is he a is absolutely. strong man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I was just sad that he couldn't get to the 60th yeah. lap and, and get get on the at large yeah, okay. list. Yeah.
1: Mm. Wow. How do you I mean you talking about running another backyard this weekend but um how do you how do you approach building up to bigs? Do you envisage a training block or mm. you know what how what do you even do?
2: Yeah, big training block. Mm-hmm. Lots of visualization as far as seeing myself in my home territory. Yeah. Surrounded by the people that I care about. Not just like from New Zealand, but also mm. like Yeah. My American family, pe- my rugby yeah. family. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a whole lot of love in that place and that's yeah. a very special place to me. So I'm just I must be pretty excited. Yeah, I'm just prepping for that. And yeah. Ah
1: Yeah. Yeah. They must be excited to see you coming. Are you still working with
2: Barry McGee? Okay? I am, yeah. So I went and saw Barry on oh, a couple of nights ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Basically, to to do a, a bit of a rundown because he still <laughs> he still doesn't understand the concept <laughs> of a backyard ultra.
0: We were talking about that, weren't we? Like, of all the coaches you could have picked, you got Barry McGee, who's just the most you know amazing traditional kind of yeah athlete. yeah
2: yeah. So legend. Hopefully, get a couple more training blocks out of him slash I just want to work with him a little bit as far as my own coaching goes. So like understanding uh, programming so that I can do the best for my own athletes, uh, essentially have him pass the torch onto me a little bit so I can be be the best coach possible. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I'm getting a lot of value out of him at the moment. Mm-hmm.
1: Is he – I mean, is <sighs> – I've said to you before, I was coached by him when I ran my uh-huh. fastest marathons and stuff and um, I used to love the emails and messages that I'd get from him and stuff. He's got that sort of very softly spoken, inspirational way about him. Isn't uh-huh. Yeah, he's just he's something magic, isn't he? Yeah,
2: yeah. He's he's been there and done it and seen it and done it yeah. and a million times before and f- Forgotten more than you'll ever do in, yeah. in in running, which is yeah, it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yet, yeah, I can't imagine how how, how he processes what you've done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he he says that I certainly m- meet the criteria <laughs> to be in Barry's in Barry's school. <laughs> he, he he only takes the mad ones these days. Yeah, and apparently, I tick the box. <laughs>
1: Yep.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? That like there's a you talk you know, you talk about that sort of madness. And yeah, it's kind of a madness, but there's lots of you you're very, it's not something you can do impulsively. It's actually an incredibly intentional process. Mm.
2: Oh, absolutely. I I had a boss up until recently who used to call me a lunatic quite frequently yeah right uh, every time he'd talk about my running he's uh, like you're a lunatic and yeah. i was like i'm not i'm actually like yeah. Yeah. very methodical yeah. about all of this yeah. yeah like everything's for the most part like planned and precise yeah. and accurate and, mm. and,
0: and, and, and 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 i guess this is the thing so stepping aside from that kind of pejorative unhelpful language um which is probably more about old mate than you because um, you've got that secret source that you never have. Also with your emotional regulation, you know, you've got to maintain a fairly even keel mm. because, you know, the, the peaks would be high and the troughs would be low if they weren't. Hey? Tell oh. us about I am hope. I mean, mm. on to mental health. You know, it's 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 the buzzword, it's the thing, and 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 that's the thing, isn't it? So much of this kind of stuff. People, go, oh, you're mad, or oh, you know, Um what attracted you to raising money for that charity?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, along with yourselves and many, if not most, people in our sport, we we run for our for our own mental wellness. We we know what it does for the soul and for, for, for our mental health. And I mean like, yeah, I went through some rough times when I was a teenager or a, or a young adult and yeah, like, I don't know, maybe I had depression. Maybe I didn't like, I was too, too scared to ever like reach out and get a diagnosis and get pills and all, all that shit. I thought that, that sounds terrifying. So like I self-medicated through activity and that's how I've, beaten the the dark voices and and all of that throughout my years. And I guess I've managed to dig myself out of the darkness on on my own effort. <clears throat> and I always figured, like now that you've dug yourself out, like be that light in the darkness, like raise others up that maybe don't have the strength to do to do what you did. <clears throat> And yeah, it's been for, a, sorry, <clears throat> for a few years now, uh, I've been thinking about starting my own charity and in, in the mental health space, effectively just helping, helping others, advocating for, for mental health through, through activity. And yeah, I guess I kind of thought about it and kicked the can and never really done anything about it. And um, yeah, leading into this one, I thought, well, I Am Hope's a pretty, pretty dope charity and Mike King seems to be doing a hell of a good job in that space so why don't I partner up with them and yeah it was only a month before Mm. uh, Backyard Masters that I reached out to Mike and I was like hey bro like I'm a stupid runner and I like to run and I've got Mm. this cool idea and maybe I could raise some money for you and he's like dope bro let's do it like there was no like there was no question about it he was he was he was all in from from the get-go and i like that that's how i am like if i'm if i'm in if i say i'm gonna do something yeah you're burning the boats absolutely like i'm doing that shit so like don't second guess me just like just go with it and he he was all in so yep started the the give a little page set a goal of like 10 grand and i was like there's no way i'm gonna get 10 grand in the space of a month and then like damn this thing took off like wildfire while i was out there on the course and yeah like i'm I'm getting reports it's like you've got another thousand dollars like it's gone up five hundred dollars like another thousand dollars and it's like by the by the time the race was ended i was like almost at my ten ten 10k and then a couple of days ago some magnificent human being who i still don't know who they are if you're listening again i've said it before on on these interviews i'm gonna say it again like you are a terrific human being whoever you are and yeah hopefully hopefully you reveal yourself to me one day and if you don't i'm I'm okay with that i, I appreciate the hell out of you uh they put ten thousand dollars in in one hit uh just a couple of days ago so i had a goal of ten thousand and i'm now at nearly twenty thousand like nineteen thousand four hundred and something so like Blown away by the amount of support that I've had for this cause.
0: Mm. Fantastic, yeah. And and again, I don't say this. You know, you take the tone of this. Where does where does the money go, Sam? Where does the money? The what's the heaps? You know, there's there's advocacy, but what is the the purpose behind I am Hope specifically? Because that mental health field, that sphere, is so broad, isn't it? You talk about mental health; it means so much to so many people.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, Mike and his team have built I Am Hope to basically be the industry leader as as far as um, as as mental health advocacy within New Zealand. Uh, they, I can't remember how many tens of thousands of hours of of free counselling that they have um, that they've provided to to young people in New Zealand, but it's it's a heck of a lot and and the way that mike has built it is basically like every dollar every dollar of of donated money goes straight to where it it's needs needed. to be used it's mm. not going into stupid administration costs like some of these mm. questionable charities do in new zealand and overseas like mm. the dollars are going right no. to where they yeah, need to yeah. be.
0: ROI is high. Yeah.
1: Right? Mm-hmm. And he I mean Mike is you know, getting out there into schools and you know, talking to kids who maybe were like like you were, but who don't have whatever it takes to be able to run or to be able to thing. And and he's breaking down those barriers and mm. and as you are doing and advocating and making it okay to go, you know what, I do need some help maybe yeah. i do need to go and see a doctor maybe i do need to talk to someone or i it's can't just, just run my way out of it or i can't just think. you know it's mm. like it's making it okay isn't it which is absolutely invaluable i mean it wasn't you know far out would never have had those sorts of conversations when we were growing up you know we were a little bit older than you it's just not and it sounds like it wasn't even conversations that that you'd have absolutely um, and how magnificent that in this day and age you know, yeah, yeah we oh. you know it's okay you you can talk about it, you can talk to your mates
0: and i- refl- it's interesting you, you you know you talk about that, and you reflect on the stigma of mental health, and I was doing uh so I've been a mental health nurse for half my life, mm-hmm. so literally half of my life, I have been like numerically half <laughs> of my life, not figuratively, I've been a mental health nurse. I did not want to be a mental health nurse while i was studying to be a nurse like there was no way i was so frightened of it like everyone was you oh. know and then you sort of you have your eyes opened to whatever sort of specialty you know takes you but there, there is that whole you know and i'm so grateful for that work that gets done with people who may never end up rubbing up against mental health services or Being admitted to a mental health unit you know if you think about that that population it's incredibly small or relatively small um but removing that sense of fear or otherness you know which does exist that stigma you know you have to kind of that to, to sort of push against that stuff because those those conversations and i guess this is like the conversation that we've had about you know, and, and this is the thing you talk about, you know, that sort of sense of being phenomenal. You're phenomenal at this. You're not multi, you're not singularly faceted. But I think about if we move into that space where we can encourage, and I'm not saying everyone can be phenomenal at everything, but removing that fear, and there's still fear. Or removing that otherness, like you've had this conversation about this backyard stuff and you're talking about that secret source around mental health that we can only just be the better for it. Mm. Yeah, Absolutely. I've, th- I mean, I don't know about you, Eugene, I've thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you. You must be exhausted. You've been getting around the media. You've been, you're, yeah. you're everywhere.
2: Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty relentless, brother.
0: Oh, I know we are them.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're you're pretty chill. You're not, yeah, absolutely attacking me for a story, like <laughs> yeah, like the news and the radio. They're pretty pretty mm. on it. They wanna they wanna make they wanna get the story while it's still a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I understand that when I'm sleep deprived and I'm maybe still at the race slash still at the race venue. And you, and you call me and you call me and you call me and you call me and you leave a text and you flick me an email i might get a little bit crabby and not reply mm-hmm. yeah you know, <laughs> which is which is what i did for the first couple of days and i was like i'm not i'm not talking to the media yeah and then i had a sleep yeah and then i had another sleep yeah yeah and i was like oh, okay maybe i'll maybe i'll talk to them yeah yeah <laughs> it's worth talking about yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely yeah
1: but yeah like yeah let me have a lie down four
2: or five days of no sleep you get a little bit grouchy (laughs) yeah Yeah, yeah. fair
1: enough fair enough hey sam congratulations um you know words can't describe um how glued and to the race everyone was and how proud they were of you and just absolutely in awe of what you did Mm. and and you know just can't wait to be
2: hell yeah buckle up (laughs) here we go (laughs)
0: Ooh. He's bloody confounding, isn't he?
1: Oh, <gasps> he's an enigma and a rattle. riddle, 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 enigma. Which is which way around is
0: it? He's a complicated human being. He's yes. an enigma wrapped in a riddle, but yeah, or a riddle wrapped in an enigma. But you know, uh, I just, yeah, I. <sighs> Yeah, I I do, I must say, completely do enjoy spending time with the man um, and sitting and having a talk, and it was really interesting to see that breakdown of, you know, not just being relational, but being connected and and, and what that means, and I wonder, you know, what he took into Crazies this weekend, or last weekend as it were, um, you know, with his connection to other people, but thanks Sam, and you know, Mm. I I can't wait to see what you get up to at Bigs Backyard. Oh, it is going to be epic.
1: It's it going really to be is. epic. I mean, I just hope there's no more big. There's no more backyard ultras between now and then, so he can get some recovery in before he then has to no, line up. To because he might be able down. to help himself.
0: No.
1: But uh, yeah, fascinating, fascinating chat. Thank you, Sam. Thank you for being so open and you know quite vulnerable at times. Um, yeah, we really, really appreciate
0: that. And we appreciate you. Thank you very much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. You can email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. You can find us on all the podcast platforms, like and follow if you fancy, and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com.
1: Don't forget to write them with your greatest run ever. We love hearing them. People love hearing them. Uh, you can have a read of them on the website too, and then send your one into to us, dirtchurchradio at
0: gmail.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, Further Faster, Currens, and CLE. Thank you to our Patreon patrons and Wild Things. Stay tuned for our show in two weeks. We've got another great guest lined up. Hey, one, Thanks, Thanks, Rigby.